Hey, this is Nancy Wilson, and you're listening to Everything Fab Four on Salon.com. Welcome to Everything Fab Four, a new podcast focused on fun and intelligent stories about the Beatles. I'm your host, Ken Womack, music culture columnist for Salon.com and a Beatles scholar and historian. No other band or popular phenomenon, for that matter, has enjoyed the global impact of the Beatles. They are part of our human fabric. They created an enduring music that brings people together, and just about everyone has their own Beatles story to tell some that are surprisingly deep and unexpected. With each episode, we'll be featuring a new guest to share their Fab Four journey, along with amazing theme music from Black Rabbit. Remember, it's a Beatles world, and everybody has a story. So tell me, John, there you are, stuck on the proverbial desert island, and you've got one Beatles album. What is it? Let it be. Wow. No hesitation, right to the breakup album. Everyone was really into the drama, but I was just a kid looking through my mom's records. So I loved all the pictures and their beards and stuff. <laughs> and I love that. But I know it's really sad, though, that that kind of that rooftop concert. But I thought it was cool. I, I, <laughs> I you know, and and that just let it be is a beautiful song to you. Today's guest is John Roberts, an American actor, voice actor, comedian, writer, and singer who voices Linda Belcher on the animated sitcom Bob's Burgers. Roberts first gained attention as one of the standout performers and writers on the YouTube episode Jackie and Deborah, which won the Comedy Smalls Award in London. He has accrued over 20 million hits on YouTube and has made videos with the likes of Deborah Harry and David Cross. He performed several times a year at New York City's Joe's Pub and recently signed a publishing deal with French Kiss Records. Roberts is perhaps best known for voicing the character of Linda, the doting matriarch of the Belcher family in the Fox comedy Bob's Burgers, created by Lauren Bouchard. Roberts had noted in interviews that he based the voice of Linda on that of his own mother, Marge. Roberts has appeared in several episodes of Late Night with Jimmy Fallon and Watch What Happens Live has co-written a pilot for MTV with Bob Odenkirk and performed in two national tours with Margaret Cho. In 2019, Roberts released the song Looking, complete with a promo video. Critic Randall Raddick has observed that the music video combines Roberts' love for 80s dance pop with fluorescent lights, Boku neon, mannequins, a vintage phone, and a studded leather jacket. Roberts' latest single finds him teaming up with blondie frontwoman Deborah Harry. Entitled Lights Out, the song was produced by Junior Sanchez. The single is accompanied by a trippy animated video directed by Chris Baldwin. In addition to serving as a guest voice on The Simpsons, Roberts will reprise the Linda Belcher character in Bob's Burgers, the movie. Welcome, John Roberts. So, John, when it comes to the Beatles, am I correct in noting that you are no spring chicken? But I went to Beetlefest in 87, so not. <laughs> I know a few things. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm no baby boomer, but, uh, well, that I don't know. I was young. I was in high school. It was great. It was cool. 
Are we, is this is this the podcast? Are we doing it right now? We sure are, John. This is the real thing right now. Oh my god! So you just opened the door. Tell us more about Beatles Fest. What was it like going to that world? Yeah, it was cool. It was it was really cool. I went with a bunch of my theater nerd friends. And I'm assuming they were all Beatles fans or or not. There are people that don't like the Beatles. I don't really understand, but I, you know, teach their own. It's kind of like not liking children or Christmas. Do you have do you have any early Beatles memories? Well, really, I was introduced to John Lennon first because um, my mother woke me up the morning he was assassinated and was like John Lennon's dad. And I was <laughs> I was like keep really young. I was <laughs> You know, and I was like, who's John Lennon? And uh, and then I got the Double Fantasy album and uh, at the US One Flea Market. Shout out to US One Flea Market. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I really loved John Lennon. And then the Beatles kind of came later in high school theater. Um, we were really into a lot of the Beatles albums and uh, and just, yeah, I never get tired of the Beatles, really. What, what do you think it was that was attractive to you and the other theater nerds when you were when you were playing the albums? I mean, they're great songs, great melodies and things like that. And uh, it was vintage, too. You know, uh, we liked something old. Um, and, you know, they, they kind of were classic. You know, they're a class act, the Beatles. <laughs> Music has always been in your life, though even before that terrible day in December, 1980. Yeah. Uh, my first, I think the first time I was ever, uh, the first song I ever knew was, uh, Rick James. <laughs> and, uh, and then I sang Ebony and Ivory with my best friend, uh, in the talent show. Like, you know, we were in elementary school. That was, uh, memorable. Surely you won the whole thing, right? Oh yeah. I, I think we did win. Yeah, we did win. Um, I was really shy. I didn't sing loud enough. I remember that. I was very shy. Um, but I love, I love the roller rink mostly is where I got a lot of, uh, music from because the sound system was so good. And there's something about roller skating and listening to music. Um, you're, you're moving, you know, it's like being in a car movement and music. It just makes you feel a little more superhuman in that way. And uh, roller skating is such a beautiful, you know, when, when everyone's, you know, it's just nice to see everyone very innocent on skates, kind of just carefree. It's, it's, it was a nice way to grow up going to the roller rink a lot. And, and you also got a lot of, you know, like Sugar Hill Gang and, and black music, um, was a big part of the roller rink too. The Gap Band and things like that, uh, really had an influence for sure. Does that world really exist anymore? The kind of the place where you'd go and hear the latest hits or what have you and, and uh, skating rinks? I don't know. Uh, I mean, what are the kids doing? I, I think there's roller skating rinks out there. Um, uh, people share playlists, I think. Um, but there's I think I think roller skating will make a comeback, maybe. I mean, there's certainly roller skating rinks and there's still a lot. A big part of the community is still very active. So, um, I'm a roller skater though. I'm not a roller blader. Ah, you don't hang with that crowd. No, nah, no, it's, it's a good workout. I bet it, it seems more like a, a workout to me, but people like to blade roller skates are so cool with Jordache jeans and, you know, a bandana. One of the things that fascinates me about your 
your life is haven't you in a way had to invent your job? It didn't really exist until you made it exist. Yeah. Uh, I definitely am not a conventional, uh, person at all. And, uh, I spent a lot of, um, time just kind of after I, I went to, uh, theater school, the American Academy of Dramatic Arts <laughs> in New York City. And it was a great experience. But afterwards, I kind of really wanted to um, make music and, and really didn't really feel like I was going to have a headshot and go on auditions and stuff like that. At the time, maybe you could audition for a soap opera. Um, it wasn't really like now. You didn't have YouTube and things like that to you know put your stuff out there. And yeah, it wasn't until really I would perform around the East Village and get all these characters together and then got it on YouTube that I really found my audience and um, started to, you know, find some ground um, to stand on. But uh, that's, you know, it's I I really appreciate it, though, because it's it is um, something that's very unique to me and my story. And uh, I think it's it's cool. That, that things happen in a way that you never imagine. I strongly urge folks to check out those videos on YouTube because you can see uh, when you watch them, you can almost watch in real time, observe in real time as you invent these characters and create stories for them. Yeah, they were, they were stuff. They, they were characters that I did in the East village and um, um, just little bars and stuff like that. And uh, would literally be in a, bathroom stall taping my nose up and putting a wig on my head uh and you know uh maybe sometimes performing for five people or or you know a room full of people but uh I started to get better because you know that's the first step is just making it happen and doing it and for a lot of time I think I sort of got in my head uh and was you know this performing became like a bigger thing that it really should be if you just kind of get up and do it, which is how you get better anyway, you know. When you were when you were doing these characters for audiences, what would be the the signs that would tell you, hey, I'm on to something or that would help you shape where you were going with these ideas as they developed? Uh, but just laughter <laughs> and, uh, and also people, uh, yeah, repeating things to me, like, uh, the Christmas tree was, was one that I did. And, uh, and a lot of people would say it after the show or I'd see them, you know, a month later or something. And they remembered that. And, uh, so I, I knew it was a good piece and I remember writing it. It was, um, you know, it was very, uh, came, you know, kind of just came, came out of me. So it was one of those things where you just kind of keep writing and it's something good is going to (laughs) come because some, so not all of it was good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. No, I mean, I committed to everything, so that was good, but you know, not out of all it was, you know, made sense. Um, now your work with, um, what, uh, with folks like, um, Bob Odenkirk and, and Margaret Cho, that predates Bob's Burgers, right? Yeah, well, uh, around, let's see, around 10 years ago, uh, 12 years ago, I met Margaret and uh, did some tours with her. And that was just like a pure joy of being on a tour bus and going from city to city, uh, seeing the country that way. Um, and she's just so original and hysterical. So just listening to her every night, you'd 
you'd laugh and uh, we, we get along great. So we, it was just, a, it was really fun. And um, we went to Australia, played the Sydney opera house um, with uh, just great people. I don't know. It was, it was very, I felt very fortunate to have crossed paths with her. And I, I actually just reached out to her on Facebook <laughs> and it was like, I'm a fan. And she got back to me and, you know, so there's something to be said for just reaching out to people. But um, especially now, right? Yeah, for sure. Oh, for, yeah, for sure. Right now. Um, and then Bob, um, David Cross is a friend as well. And he he would bring Bob. He brought Bob to a show at Comics, which was a, a club um, downtown on 14th Street. And uh, then Bob and uh, me and Bob wrote a, a pilot for MTV. Um, with all my characters and uh, it's directed by Michael Showalter. Um, and we were all really proud of it. It was really great. And then uh, it didn't get picked up, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's, you know, that's one of the lessons in, in TV is that, you know, your, your pilot's probably not going to get picked up, <laughs> but, but maybe it will, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, it, it's hard. Uh, I've had a couple of flops now, but I don't look at them as flops, actually, because I, I really stand by all of the work that I did, and they, they still all hold up. Um, and it's timing, and it's someone's making, you don't know who's making that final decision. And I know with MTV, there was some drama or whatever, but Bob's Burgers, you know, there's always a drama. I mean, it's it's TV, you know, it's, it's very, it's a very, uh, everyone's trying to get on a TV show. So, you know, you've got a lot of competition there, <laughs> and it's good competition. What was the pilot about? Uh, it was all my characters, and uh, I played myself. I was in Brooklyn, and then I, my mom was in New Jersey, and Deborah, the teenager. Um, I'd love to just leak it on YouTube or something, or because <laughs> it's good. And uh, yeah, I mean, um, it was it was really well received. It was it was really popular at MTV. They were really surprised. I think there was a big changeover right when that happened. It was one of those timing. You know, when timing swoops in and it's not the right time. But, you know, everything happens for a reason. So Bob's came in right after that and saved the day for me. And uh, and it's great. Yeah. Is a pilot, is it something that you can, uh, you know, since you put this effort into it and built it, is it is there a way to repurpose it? Well, there's this pilot that I wrote, the last one I wrote with John Benjamin and Amy Poehler was involved and uh, it's her production company and uh, HBO. We developed it with HBO. <clears throat> they passed. We took it back. And uh, and it's possible, I think, Lauren is going to animate, animate it. It's called Edison um, and it's about uh, Edison, New Jersey. And uh, it's really funny. It's musical and me and John love the script. Everyone liked the script as well. Um, but uh, maybe it was, there, you know, there's always a reason why something doesn't happen. But, but once again, I think, you know, th- we may see this one actually. So that would be cool if uh, Lauren does some type of animating, you know, and uh, some animation and, and makes it come to life. We'll be right back with more from John Roberts, including the story of Lauren Bouchard and Bob's Burgers more Beatles, and Deborah Harry. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back with John Roberts, and it's time to cut to the chase. So tell me, John, there you are, stuck on the proverbial desert island, and you've got one Beatles album. What is it? Let It Be. Wow. No hesitation. Right to the breakup album. Everyone was really into the drama, but I was just a kid looking through my mom's records. So I loved all the pictures and their beards and stuff. (laughs) And I love that. That, I know it's really sad, though, that, that kind of that rooftop concert. But I thought it was cool. I, I, <laughs> I, you know, and and that just let it be is a beautiful song to you. So, can you tell us a little bit about your mom because she obviously <laughs> is a huge influence at some level. Yeah, she's awesome. She's uh, Italian uh, from Brooklyn, um, just full of you know, full of goodness and and just uh, very. You know, my parents divorced when I was probably a year old. So my mom, you know, raised me and my sister for the most part, um, you know, worked very hard. And uh, she, you know, she's just, I think I've been impersonating her since I was a kid, though, because she is (laughs) such a character. And, uh, you know, she's so in, you know, she's such a part of Linda, for sure. it's, uh, you know, and she's enjoying all this too. So it's nice. Everything's come full circle and, um, she's always been supportive. She's, she's very cool. Um, you know, with, with me being in the theater and when I was young and all the, uh, the crazy stuff and, you know, I'm, I'm a little nutty. So she's, she's very accepting of all that. So when does, how does the Bob's Burgers gig come about? Well, uh, Lauren, uh, I think found my videos through John Benjamin and Holly's a writer on the show. And, um, basically we did a demo. It was about uh, cannibal, <laughs> cannibal family. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that was the original premise for Bob's, uh, they were grinding up kind of Sweeney Todd type of, you know, killings and, and grinding up, uh, people and, and cooking them, I guess. <laughs> and then Fox was like, you don't want to make a show about, you know, killing people every week. And he was like, Oh yeah, you're right. Um, well it evolved from this, this demo that I think took a year and a half of just hearing really good things about, uh, and, uh, it just sort of gained steam and, and then we aired and we had a huge ratings. Uh, we had a big premiere um, and it slowly found all our awesome fans, um, that kind of kept us going and, and it's just, you know, great things have happened ever since. I mean, it's, it's also just so proud of everyone on the show and how we've all kind of grown together and, uh, and it's a joy to be a part of such a, you know, uplifting show right now especially so and you made you made the cannibalism episode anyway right (laughs) yeah i think that there is there is a little thing on youtube actually you could find that but uh it's it's and and it looks like 
kind of Lauren's old style of the animation that he had on Adult Swim a little bit, like these big kind of noses and, you know, it's, it's totally different. Okay. So you don't look like you do now necessarily on, on the Bob's Burgers we're all familiar with. No, totally different. Totally different. So how did you, how did you spring Linda on them? How did that, how did it become, how did it become possible that you became the Linda character? Well, I think Lauren just had me in mind for, he he liked my videos and my, my voice and stuff. And he kind of developed that character for me, um, which is something that uh, once again, you know, came uniquely out of, you know, whatever I was doing and, uh, probably would won't happen again. I don't know. I mean, it seems like, I mean, I would love it if it did, you know, it's great when people write for you. Uh, I, I really, uh, don't enjoy auditioning and things like that where I'm, you know, I'm lucky right now I'm, I'm employed and stuff, but, uh, I, I really dread, uh, auditioning and things like that. I, I love being a part of the creative uh, process and, and growing from the ground up and, and doing it that way seems more my, where I'm going to actually be able to relax and, and be of some service. (laughs) (laughs) And you, you do a lot of ad living, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, we, we do. And, uh, right now with COVID it's harder because we're not all together. Uh, and we, you know, record separately with the writers, but we'll improvise with the writers, which is fun. Um, uh, but you know, there's been a lot of songs and things that we've done, um, that end up in each episode. And that's, you know, the beauty of recording before you animate. And Lauren is very good at kind of, you know, getting that perfect uh, rhythm going. And it's it's like, you know, music almost, getting all the voices timed correctly and and all the jokes in there. So he's, he's really good at picking the stuff out. And, and he also lets us kind of babble on for a while. You know, he's really patient. <laughs> I guess you'd have to be right in that. Yeah. Role. Yeah, you do. You do. But he's, he's really good at it. And he's also just very even tempered and cool. Very cool guy. It's such a varied cast. You have um, what Kristen Schaal, who, um, you know, we know from things like 30 Rock, et cetera. And of course, John Benjamin, um, did you guys gel right away or was a lot of work involved in, in getting that? that chemistry? Well, fortunately we all kind of knew each other previously to that and had been doing live comedy shows in Brooklyn, um, together backstage, you know, um, going to parties together, things like that. So already it was really felt natural except for Dan Mintz who was in LA, but you know, Tina's so awkward that it really (laughs) worked anyway. And, and, and now, of course, we you know we're all much. You know, it's been ten years, so you know. But but we're, there's a lot of love for each other and uh, and each other's you know art and and just everyone's so good and talented. It's it's a joy to watch everyone too, even when we tour together live. It, it you know it's it's when I watch it, I think that any one of those characters could steal the show. You know, they're so vivid. Yeah, Lauren's great at making sure that all the characters revolve around and, and that, that the show is, you know, it's an ensemble and that we all kind of share the spotlight. Well, and Linda in particular, uh, 
I've been thinking about this for a long time, is, is a really round character. You know, she's not a gag. She's, she has deep feelings and interests that we, we, can, we can pick up on. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, she can be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, we have a ton of, um, <clears throat> we have a ton of female writers, moms and, and things like that on the show. <clears throat> so it's, um, it's all a part of Linda, besides me bringing my mom into it as well. Um, she has so much heart and depth and, and I love that people, mostly other women relate to her and, and that makes me feel really proud. And, and, and I think that, yeah, if, if people can kind of, you know, sustain their belief that, you know, she's a woman, it's, it's very cool. I think it's a hundred percent effective, you know, it, yeah. um, it's a tough trick, but you pull it off really well. You said, you think Linda would like the Beatles? Why is that? Uh, well, Linda loves to sing. I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, she loves Broadway. Yeah. I mean, she, she's, she would probably, Hmm. What'd she love? She'd probably love John the most. Uh, yeah, she, she's just very musical. Oh, that's for sure. What what is your what does your mom think about uh, Linda when she experiences this this world? Well, she's got a Linda mask right now that I gave her. <laughs> um, she's she loves all the Linda swag. She's bring me more. What else? She's got you know. She wants she wants it all, which is good because I don't want it. Um, but uh, she's she's so super proud. You know I. I was very uh, old when this happened. <laughs> so there were a, a lot of years where, you know, we didn't know if John was going to make it. Um, but, but I was always her star. And, uh, and now, you know, she gets good Christmas presents and, uh, you know, keep mama happy. You know, it's, it's, it's a joy for me to, you know, make her happy and, you know, show her that, all the sacrificing and all the things that I did, you know, added up to something, you know? Um, I wonder but. if we could talk about you and music for a moment. So obviously on Bob's burgers, there is a ton of music. Um, in fact, another full disclosure, my wife and I, we decided a few years ago, our song is kill the Turkey. Oh yeah. Well, that was, uh, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but that one was improvised. That's, uh, that was just weirdly came out of me and, uh, and Lauren kind of may turn it into that glorious song. Do you just riff with those sorts of things and you just start concocting lyrics on the spot? What happens in, in that kind of situation? Yeah. I mean, if you don't stop me, I won't shut up. So, you know, <laughs> I could keep going and going. So, you know, uh, but I, I think that it's fun when you have these amazing scripts and you already know it's already funny and then you are relaxed enough to just have you know fun, improvise, and and uh, and it's all, it's also funny. It's a, it's just it's a joy to sing about this, you know, like <laughs> and be Linda. It's, she, she's just uh, so happy all the time, you know. Thank you for loving me, Lynn. Thank you for being there, please. Thank you for loving me. Oh God, everyone's thanking. The whole Lynn. world's thanking you. Stop. Thanking Lynn, us stop. for thanking you. Glenn. Kill the turkey. Glenn. Were those outros always going to be a part of the show? Uh, they've become such an essential 
extra bit that we look forward to. Yeah, that that's all LB, you know. Uh, Lauren, he's he's very into the music, making the album happen, and all all that stuff was all was all his plan, and uh, he kind of fought to make sure that happened, which which I love. And it's the, the albums are so fun, and you know, with the movie coming out, um, it's also you know hopefully in theaters where people can come and dress up and give us Rocky Horror vibes. I'll be wearing my bunny ears. I'm not ashamed. Yeah. I'll host as Linda. So tell me about this new album. Uh, what can we expect? It's got uh, Tommy Sunshine and uh, a bunch of really great remix artists, uh, and that's for Freaks. And then the next single uh, is with Debbie Harry uh, featuring uh, from Blondie. Um, and that song is called Lights Out. And there's an animated video that's really gorgeous, too, that's also going to accompany that. And uh, I believe Felix, Felix the House Cat is going to remix that song. And then, and then a full album is coming out of about uh, 13 songs produced by Junior Sanchez. And uh, there's two songs from Baby Daddy from Scissor Sisters. Um, and it's also it's going to feature Debbie Harry and Beth Ditto um, is also doing a song with me. And uh, they're all kind of uh, vintage, kind of 80s, but kind of updated uh, sound. Uh, I don't know. That's not a good description. <laughs> it's it's very, it's very, uh, there's a lot of beats and, you know, Junior's a house producer. So there's, there's really good bass lines and beats and uh it's it's great i mean i'm really proud of it how did your collaboration with deborah harry come about uh, i was in this kind of goofy band called opti grab and uh we toured with blondie for a couple of dates uh, we have mutual friends so we just kind of hit it off and uh you know she's been doing my youtube videos and then they uh put me on the blondie album their last blondie album um, I, I sang a song with Debbie on that album, which was mind blowing. It's mind blowing indeed. Let's let's check it out. Outstanding new material from John Roberts and Deborah Harry. Hey, John, it's been great having you. In the words of Linda Belcher, thank you for being here. Everything Fab Four is presented by Salon.com the premier news, politics, innovation, and arts website. For more information about the podcast, visit everythingfab4.com, where you can learn more about our podcast and my latest Beatles-related book, John Lennon 1980, The Last Days in the Life. The Everything Fab 4 theme song, Seize the Day, 
is provided courtesy of Black Rabbit, the high-octane Beatles cover band and innovative psychedelic rock project from Rockaway Beach, Queens in New York City. Like what you heard today on Everything Fab Four? Be sure to subscribe, give us a rating, and recommend the show to your friends. Plus, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at EF4Podcast. Distributed by Salon, Everything Fab Four is a wonderful all production with editing and post-production assistance from music industry and communication students at Monmouth University. Remember, it's a Beatles world and everyone has a story.